Welcome to the Morning Recovery Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Hagman. The Morning Recovery Podcast is dedicated to those of you out there still struggling. Be patient and gentle on yourself. I know, it's easier said than done, but those two things are so important in recovery. Patience can be bitter, but its fruit is sweet. Today I'd like to talk about trust. In order to gain one's trust, one must know themselves. We have to be honest with ourselves, and this is often hard, but you know what? It's worth it. When we're true to ourselves, we're more likely to be honest with others, thus creating trust. Trust goes hand in hand with time, and this is something that I'm currently struggling with because I've always had a love-hate relationship with time. It never speeds up when I want it to, nor does it ever slow down when that's all that I desire. But trust comes with time. Time is the great healer. Building trust comes from being consistent and being honest, not just to others, but to ourselves as well. But in the meantime, let's get to to today's interview. Today's interview is with Wendy. Wendy has over 50 days of sobriety and is only looking forward. She is building trust back with her family and is becoming the true authentic person she always knew she could be. So without further ado, here's my interview with Wendy. First off, so first off, Wendy, I just want to thank you so much for agreeing to be on the podcast. I cannot wait to hear your story. My pleasure. It's such an honor to be on today. Thank you. Well, first off, so uh, tell me about yourself. Any hobbies you might have, and how long have you been clean and sober? I have been sober for 53 days, and mm-hmm. um, my I live in Southern California. I love to write, and I just basically I just recently found out that I love to do plays. So I'm currently in a play, and so. I like to do that. So those are the things that I have been keeping me busy. That's awesome. What kind of writing do you like to do? Right now I'm writing my life story. So I just <laughs> like to write whatever's on my heart. Ooh, sounds like quite the story. <laughs> you have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's jump into it. So take me through the progression of your addiction. Sure. So I, I didn't have my first drink until I was 33 and I didn't like it actually. Um, I mean, my heart rate, I just didn't like it. So I didn't drink very often. Um, and then I went through a period where I drank a lot, but then that scared me a little bit. So I stopped drinking altogether and I didn't drink for years. And then about six years ago, I started drinking almost every day and as time went on I would drink every day and then it turned into sneaking drinks at work or sneaking a drink first thing in the morning to get through my hectic work schedule so um, I just went from really never drinking to drinking occasionally to drinking daily to drinking as much as my body could handle in a day towards the end Okay. How long were you in your disease for? For about. I know you got started. I know you got started late in life. 
Yes. So um, when I started, and it was drinking all of the time, approximately six years. Okay. And how did that come to an end? Was there just one rock bottom or was there just kind of a culmination of things that just kind of added up and it, you just couldn't take it any longer? So for me, there was a combination combination of things that just added up. Um, I had, in 2017, I had um, told everybody I had a drinking problem and went into inpatient rehab. I came out and um, said I wasn't going to drink again and I could do it on my own and I couldn't. So I started drinking again. And then 2018, I went into a rehab um, a three-day rehab, and I came out and said I wasn't going to drink again. And that time, I I didn't drink drink again, which is what was really. I kept telling everybody I was sober because I never got drunk for in front of them or around them for the longest time because I would only have a shot here and there. So to me, I was sober, which really I realized later that yes, no, I wasn't. Um, and then I just started drinking heavily, but in secret. I I would drink first thing in the morning when my husband left for work and I would drink all day until about a few hours before he came home and then I would take a nap and wake up and that way he wouldn't really know how much I was drinking or that I was at all and I would drink mm-hmm. lots of water and you know eat candy and hot tamales or anything I could so you wouldn't be able to tell that I had been drinking so um, I had been doing that really heavy since um, about the beginning of the year. That is something we both definitely have in common. I drank in secret for years behind my wife's back and there were my, my go-tos that I would eat. I would always do sunflower seeds. So it kind of take, it would null the, the smell of alcohol in my breath. And I would just take other measures just to keep the disease going, unfortunately. And you know, that's, that's the hardest part when you become clean and you stop drinking is to think about how deceptive you were to the person who loves you the most. And, you know, that I guess is part of my, my rock bottom or the part that hurts the most is realizing how much trust that he had in me that I lost. So, um, 53 days ago, I, I was drunk and this time in front of him crazy and I don't remember much of it. I remember we got in a fight. We were supposed to go out of town that weekend. I blacked out. Um, when I woke up, it was, I woke up on the floor of my bedroom, which I have no idea how I got there. Um, and I was, I woke up still drunk, which scared me. And then um, my husband was gone. He went and went on the trip. And my, um, I had to make a phone call to my brother and I had to tell my brother everything and they took me to the hospital and then I had to tell the kids everything and they're grown, but they were so brokenhearted. So all of that was, was the combination of the things that I realized. And the truth is, it's 53 days ago, I realized that I couldn't get sober for my family and I couldn't get sober for my friends. I had to get sober for myself and Mm -hmm. they get to benefit from it. And so I had realized that the last two times I had tried to get sober was for them. So they, 
they would be proud of me and I could be a better person for them. And this time I realized that I have to be a better person for me. And so I, I let them all know I love you and I'm getting sober, but not for you, for me. And you get to reap the benefit of the sober yes. me, but mm-hmm. this, this is for me. And so they're all, they all say they love the sober me. So, which makes me, you know, smile because whereas they didn't know what was wrong, obviously when you're drunk, you're not the same person as you are sober. So no. it's, it's been a great 53 days. I bet they get to see the new you and what, what, uh, not necessarily the new you, but the, the authentic you, the true you. Exactly. And I get to see the authentic me because I lost who I was during all of that. And I get to discover, you know, the other day I was driving and I realized and we just moved to our area at the beginning of the year and I was driving and I realized I have mountains all around me and I had never noticed them before, which, oh, yes. you know, those, those little things where I went to target and I went to target sober and it made me, you know, it made me laugh because it felt so good to realize who I'm becoming again. I know exactly what you mean. I just had that the other day. I hit my rock bottom. And one of the decisions that I made was that I was going to calm down my driving. I was, um, I was, I was an aggressive driver, you know, uh, living in Southern California, you kind of pick that up. (laughs) It's a bad habit, but I, I started slowing it down after I hit my rock bottom and I started noticing certain signs and buildings that I've never noticed before. And I'm like, did they just put up that building or how long has that been there for? And it, yeah, but I, I agree. Everyone around you gets to reap the benefits of it. Exactly. But, and I like it. And I do have to ask how, when it came to trust, how long did it take for you to build back up your trust with your husband or with your family? I'm still building it. So I, I can imagine. <laughs> so where it's only been 53 days. Um, well, I don't say only because I hate the way that sounds, but it's been mm-hmm. 53 days and it took me a lot longer for them to lose the trust in me. So I don't expect 53 days to be magic. Every day mm-hmm. I get a little more trust. And so I, you know, I said it to each of them. I don't expect you to trust me. All I expect you to do is watch me. My actions yes. will show you, not my words. Not my words, exactly. Because we've we've all given our loved ones lip service for many years, especially when I mean we 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 share that in common too, drinking in secret. So I mean, and that's isn't yes. that the craziest thing is the places you would hide alcohol or the things you would do not to get caught. It's like I use so much energy not to get caught. I know it's so much. <laughs> and then you get to divert that energy and that time and effort towards something else, something more beautiful and something that will, that will build yourself up 1% better every single day. Exactly. And it really does. You really realize how much you hurt your self-esteem because I have to build my self-esteem back up as well. That's true. You bring up a very good point. 
you have to build up the self-esteem. I mean, I know I I wasn't trusting of myself when I just, when I hit my rock bottom. Not at all. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think of the you know the things you even think of now. And every day is a journey, and I just stay on my journey each day. And I do tell myself, by the way, every morning, I'm not going to drink today. I don't know about tomorrow, but today, but I'm not going to drink it. I love that, but not for today. <laughs> yes, I don't, I can't, and I, my family knows that I tell them, all I can tell you is today I'm not going to drink. I can't, because I made that mistake. I swear I'll never drink again. I promise. You know, and so I think for me to be able to say today I'm not and each day when I say it to myself out loud whether or not they hear it that day but I hear it so I say it Mm -hmm. to myself daily not going to drink today and at the end of the day I look in the mirror and say I'm so proud of you you didn't drink today so I'm building myself back up I love that so what does your recovery it I'm hearing a lot of other noise right now. Just to let you know. Oh, you know, let me take you off of my headset. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Is that better? Yeah, that it's that's cleaner. Okay, my headset was all staticky. Uh, it it happens. You'll hear it in the in the recording, but it, it people don't pay attention to that. You will, but other people will not. They'll just hear okay. your story. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Believe me, I, uh, yes, we're, we're our own harshest critics, especially yes, addicts. <laughs> oh, isn't that, isn't that the truth? That is true. I, uh, I, always, I always tease because if somebody's like, well, take a Tylenol, I'm like, well, I don't think I could ever just take one. It's like six. The bottle says take two. Oh, well, six will work. You know, so yeah. <laughs> crazy. Uh-huh. I... It's just our our attic brains. <laughs> yes. All right. So so now that you've now that you've let's see how can I put this? Now that you're the new authentic you and you're living your new life, what does your recovery program look like? I'm happy you asked me that. I have a great support system in my family. My husband is so fabulous. He is so supportive and every day he gets some kind of text telling him how many days I've been sober and he always comes back with something so sweet and positive and that means a lot. So he is so supportive and the kids, they're just so great. I love AA. I go to AA. Um, Since I started the play, I haven't gone as faithfully as I would love to just trying to get everything fit in there but I do love AA. I have a great sponsor I've been working the program and you know reminding myself that each day is a new day and so for me it's I take time for myself I I do my self-care and which is brand new for me because I'm very much a fixer and a people person and trying to make the whole world happy and so taking care of myself and self-care I basically very important to me at some point during the day it's very important I go to um, therapy a couple times a month 
which has been really great for me to talk about because to talk about your addiction to people who have never had the battle, sometimes it's hard. And so being able to be completely honest with, you know, somebody, they're not going to judge you. I leave and he writes his notes and moves on and I feel much better. So I love Mm -hmm. that. And I love the fact that um, there's other, I'm in a, I'm in a group on Facebook that's awesome and I get to see other people's stories and struggles and those are the things that really help because you feel like you're not alone and a lot of times in our disease we feel like we're alone that nobody's ever done this nobody's ever hit an alcohol in a closet only us but yet we find out that that's not true you're not the only one and you know the sickness is in your secrets and you're only as sick as your secrets so for me to be able to talk about it which is great why you do this podcast I think that your podcast is fabulous I've been able to go and listen to them and you know you're you're letting people share their stories because we're only as sick as our secrets and when we're giving out our our secret, it's no longer a secret, it's in the light, and we get to heal and move past that. So for me to talk about it really does help me, and my mom just had um, the fifth anniversary of her death, and for the first time in five years, I went through the day sober, and I was so happy to get to talk about it. So before, I would never mention that this is my first time sober. So I feel really blessed that I have the people to talk to and the places to go and the safety of the people I love. And that's how my recovery is working for me. I applaud you on the five year mark of your mother's death, staying sober that day that I, I, I I tip my hat to you. That is amazing. Thank you very much. It, I made sure to keep myself busy and I went with a friend who was amazing and they let me talk about my mom as much as I wanted through the day and I didn't have to feel guilty like oh boy they're going to get tired of hearing it and it was very safe the person knows that I have a drinking problem it's been it's been all very fabulous I'm really I'm really happy and very proud of myself that I made it the day without drinking as you should be I'm proud of you thank you amazing thank you Oh, to wrap it up, is there anything else you'd like to share? Yes. Um, remember, we're only as sick as our secrets. The people who really love you, they want to help us. They can't if we're lying to them. They can't help us when they ask us if we've been drinking or using or whatever, and we lie and say no. It's so frustrating for them because they want to help us, and I think that You know, we really need to do it for ourselves, not for anybody else, because I'm not sober for anyone in my family. I'm sober for me, and they get to benefit. And so just remember that you're only as sick as your secret, so it's okay to talk about it. Completely agree. Our diseases love to isolate us, get us in the darkness, get us alone, get us not talking to other people. And then all of a sudden the the shame and the guilt gets added on too. And then that just binds your hands and your feet and you just, you just feel stuck. You feel lost until, until you can break free from that and find the authentic you. Exactly. So for me, I think it's really important to 
be honest. And if you can't, if you're not ready to tell your family, find somebody. Tell a stranger on the street because once <laughs> tell you talk somebody, about it, it'll come start coming out. So I really think the hardest part is just to say it. I agree. I agree. So sometimes the hardest thing to do is to pick up that phone. I heard somebody call it the five hundred pound phone when they're having a problem. <laughs> the truth i mean it's the truth to pick up that phone and you know when i remember pressing the numbers to my brother you know getting to his name on my phone book and hitting it i thought i can't breathe this is too much and i'm so happy i did he's been him and his wife have been fabulous so i'm so happy i did i'm so glad too thank you so much wendy you've been a pleasure to talk to you as well thank you I started this podcast with one goal in mind, and that was to help one person in recovery. I might not ever even meet this person, nor do I probably even know them. But I knew if I could help one person out there, I had to seize that opportunity. I hope the Morning Recovery Podcast can become a tool in your toolbox. I hope it helps empower you because we are all one day away from being back to day one. Episodes will be released once a week, possibly twice a week, and always without ads. Nobody involved with this podcast gets anything out of it except the chance for all of us to help one another on our journey through recovery. Each week's episode will, will feature an interview and close with a different recovery quote. Today's quote comes from Dennis Waitley. Failure should be our teacher, not our undertaker. Failure is delay, not defeat. It is a temporary detour, not a dead end. Failure is something we can avoid by saying nothing, doing nothing, and being nothing. Thank you for listening, and I hope you all have a safe and blessed day.